Welcome to SNAP, survivors of narcissistic and abusive personalities. This educational recovery podcast is presented by Claremont Mental Health and Mandy Friedman, licensed professional clinical counsellor. This presentation contains vital information for survivors of abuse. Topics include the spectrum of abusive personalities, targets of abuse, abusive relationships, and survivors in recovery. We hope this information helps you gain solid footing and clarity as you navigate your road to recovery. joining me at home while I fold some laundry. We're going to talk about transitioning from discovery, education, into the healing and recovery process when it comes to recovery from narcissistic abuse. So yesterday I did a Facebook Live and we talked about um, cognitive dissonance. And I said, please send me ideas because sometimes I run out of ideas and I need help. And then I got a lot of help and people sent me a bunch of ideas. So I thought, well, you know, let's start today. I can make more videos and we can cover more ground. So um, the topic that I'm going to talk about right now, like I said, is transitioning from the discovery and education phase um, of your recovery into the actual healing and recovery part. So What usually happens is at some point we figure it out that um, we have been targeted by a narcissist. And that's what's been going on, right? We found someone that, that helped us see that or we found it online. But once we discovered what narcissistic abuse is, it changed everything Um, because Things started to become much clearer. Um, long-standing mysteries have been solved. Like, oh, that's what that was. Like, I always wondered. That was so weird. Uh, but, but now I get it. Now I know what it is. And so it sort of changes how you see everything and the people around you, not just in present day, but also from your past. Um, And it sort of reframes everything with new information now that you've been educated on these topics. But what you'll see happen is that because it's feeding this part of you that has been alone for so long, which is that questioning part of you, this isn't right. What's going on? I mean, I'm trying my hardest. Why is this relationship this way? Um, and, And we've struggled with that alone a lot of times. So... Once we figure out what it is, then we can't get enough of it because it it explains so much um, and things just sort of come together. And so you start reading more and watching more videos and listening to more podcasts and joining more groups and um, taking some classes and, you know, it can become quite consuming. Um... But it's a good thing because we need that discovery and education phase. It's important. Um, It's part of the process. Um, But at some point, we have to start transitioning more into the healing and recovery portion of the process. Um, But what happens is once you figure out what's been going on and you learn about the different tactics and methods that narcissists use and abusive people use, um, 
then it's sort of like every time you have an interaction with those folks, you can't help but need to like translate it and analyze it and what did they actually mean and why did they pick this particular time to communicate with me. Um, and you know, I'll get uh, people reaching out to me, Mandy, read this. What, is this, what does this person mean? Well, what they mean is that they want to have a girlfriend and a wife at the same time, and they feel entitled to that, and that's what they're saying, is that you should be okay with the girlfriend. Um, you know, so I'll translate what it means, and then, but the, but the person, the survivor, the target, becomes almost equally as obsessed with uh, the narcissist behaviors and their meanings and what they said as you would if you were still in the relationship, right? The difference is just that you're looking at it from a different lens. Um, and so instead of your world revolving around them in a relationship where, you know, you're tethered and everything you do, you know, they have a say over, um, you do things their way, um, you know, maybe that's no longer going on in your life, and yet they are in every thought that you have, you know. Um, and then anytime there's an interaction, uh, we're going to be stewing about that and thinking about it and reading it to someone and thinking it through and how should I... And it becomes very consuming. Um, but again, you're learning, right? So we're reframing, we have a new set of eyes, and so naturally... Naturally, you're going to want to apply that, right, a bunch of times. Because it's like, oh, this makes sense. I want to use this. It works. I get it now. Um, but keep in mind, right, that, that no contact also includes um, any interactions whatsoever. Looking at pictures of the person, reading through old emails and texts of the person, that's technically kind of violating no contact. Um, no contact is supposed to work by removing the person, amputating them from your life in every way, shape, or form so that your brain can heal um, and start to get better. So if you're still toiling over texts and obsessing over what did they mean, you know, how did they know to send that at this time, um, and what do you think is going on here, you know, we might as well just be hanging out with them again, right? Because they're constantly in our thoughts. And I'm saying that it's time at a certain point to stop giving this person access to you in that way. That your thoughts are your own. And you don't have to be a slave to your thoughts. And most certainly you don't have to be um, continuing the abuse by allowing that person to monopolize your thought life. I mean, that's what they want. They want to infect your mind and control you. Um, and just the thought that you might be trying to, to um, figure out what they mean in these cryptic texts that they send, that gives them pleasure. That's why they're cryptic. You know, that's why they're confusing and don't follow the plan and require your interaction all the time because they need your attention. Um, and so if you're sitting there trying to make sense of it, well, it's probably because that's what they wanted you to do. Um, they like that, that you're sitting there thinking about them, even if it's in a negative way.
So at a certain point, we have to make a decision that we're no longer allowing that person to have access to us in that way anymore. Um, and that our thoughts are our own. And we are now in charge of our mind. And that person doesn't get to live up there anymore. It's yours now. Which means you're thinking about what you like, what you want to do. What are your plans? What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? What are your needs? You know, what are your dreams and goals? Um, time to get off of that roller coaster, you know? And start creating the life that that is more authentic for you, a more authentic version of you, the, the person that you were always meant to be. So some people will get sort of caught up in the discovery education phase and not move past that. And I've seen this um, where it's just enough to know and then sometimes uh, people will use the information to then engage in further conflict or try to, you know, uh, win arguments by dropping their newfound education, you know, think that's going to give them the upper hand. That doesn't go well, and that's not how it works, right? That's not how narcissistic abuse works. You don't get to have the upper hand. That's not a thing. All you ever do is arm them. Right? All you ever do is give them more information that they're going to use to further abuse you. That's all that ever happens. So the more you keep interacting, the more information they're gathering and more of a hold they have. Um, I can't remember why I was on that, ta that tangent for a second. But anyway, so if, they, if you are thinking about them, then that means they are winning. And so at a certain point, we want to shift our thoughts to the present day and... Our, our thoughts about um, what life should look like now and um, how we're going to make that happen, even in very small ways. Um, so that can sometimes almost feel like a death. You know, you're used to having this person in your head all the time, and even though it's abusive, you know, there's still a love there. And to say, you know what, I'm not going to worry with this anymore is saying goodbye. And that's okay to have that feeling too. You know, not everyone uh, makes the decision to um, go no contact and then everything's all better. It's painful. It hurts, you know. Um, especially for people who are addicted to the relationship you're your brain is literally addicted to this person and you can't imagine living without them. So, you know, some people don't want to move past the education and discovery phase because the next phase includes the really tough stuff. Um, and sometimes we're not ready and that's okay too. It's okay to not be ready. You'll be ready when you're ready. And that's how it works. Okay, um, I'm going to get back to my laundry. I hope this is helpful. You guys have a good night. If you like this podcast, subscribe and leave us a review. Find Mandy Friedman, LPCC, CCDVC on YouTube and Facebook. Join the Snap Survivors of Narcissistic and Abusive Personalities Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at The Official Snap. Thanks for listening.